and welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. Um, another exciting, fun-filled, action-packed episode for you guys this week. Um, with me, I have the DJ. DJ. Hey all. No, no, I asked for the DJ, not Eeyore. <laughs> this is Nerds. This is Nerds Amalgamated, not Winnie the Pooh. Here's <laughs> is recording next week. <laughs> One of these days, he's just going to say hello like a normal person. We're working on the program. And the other person you heard in the background there was the professor. Hello. See, that's how a normal person does it. How are you going this week, professor? I'm, I'm pretty good. You're pretty good? Yeah. Awesome. And I'm good work. And I'm Buck, just for all those who don't know who I am. Um, so, first up this week, we have Sailor Moon stars coming to the West. And that is with the dj yeah so after so many years of waiting the final season of the long long anime series known as sailor moon um the final season of sailor moon stars is coming to the west awesome so it's so it was announced over the weekend at anime new york city that viz media the company that's recording all of the sailor moon, that's releasing all the sailor moon media confirmed that it'll be releasing the first half of sailor moon Sailor Moon Sailor Stars in early 19 on Blu-ray and DVD as a continuation of the release of the new English dub that began in 2014. Um, early 19, is that 2019 or 19th of January or something? 2019, uh, ah, okay. the year 2019, okay. my mistake. That's all right. No, just clarifying, just making sure I'm looking forward to it at the right time. Yep. So this is the fifth and final season of the original anime Adaptation by Naoko Takuchi's iconic magical girl anime, girl manga. Okay. So, yeah. So this one's been so stars is split into two arcs basically. So, what they plan to do is release the first arc in early 2019. Awesome. Well, that's interesting. What what strikes me is it's after so many years since it first aired on TV, they decided to bring it out now. You can't rush perfection, DJ. Yeah, like, and there, there was actually someone at Supernova that was cosplaying um, Sailor Moon. So, yeah, yeah. nice to see it's still current and happening. Yeah, it's current and happening because um, there was a new Sailor Moon series that came out, uh, I recall, early two years ago, three years ago, called, okay. um, I think it was called, it was called Sailor Moon Crystal. That's one. It was 2014 that came out, called Sailor Moon Crystal, and it was, yeah, uh, from okay. from the reviews I've been reading, it was very int- it was uh they said was, the artwork looks really cool, but yeah, you know it's interesting. People like you, you hear a lot, lot of complaints like there's not enough strong female leads, drama and so forth. But in anime, you've got stuff like Sailor Moon and lots of others where the lead character is female. Yeah, it makes it, it makes you think that Japan's leagues ahead of ahead of the of the West in so many ways. Well, but you've got so many of the fans, they're not just Japanese. Like you got fans of Sailor Moon and I could sit here and start listing out all the different anime series where they've got strong female leads, but we'll be here or not. Um <laughs> like Ghost in the Shell. The major's gotta be the most kick ass character you can get. And everyone loves it. Um, Appleseed. So yeah. Um and they're all famous. You go anywhere in the world where anime is. Everyone knows Sailor Moon, Ghost in the Shell, Appleseed. 
that sort of stuff. Like everyone is aware of it. Everyone loves it. Yeah. And it's pretty cool though. Like it's good to bring the nostalgia back as well, because this is one of the old, old, this is from the old, old series of Sailor Moon, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I've had a look at one of the articles and they're saying that why it takes so long for like uh, anime movies to come out on video. And it's, it's interesting what they're saying. Uh, Japanese movies, media companies move slowly. Piracy is very minimal, so there's no great rush to get content out to consumers. Japan is often one of the last countries to see releases of American films like Moana, Moonlight, and Passengers, which were currently in which were in theaters at the time of this article. Anime in particular is often released in a roadshow format in which film will spend months crawling from city to city, sounding or traveling almost like a touring band. Yeah. They come with groupies. <laughs> well, I think that's where yes. the cosplayers come in. Yes, they do. I was just going to say, yes, they do. They're called cosplay. <laughs> um, you go to some of the, like, even here in Australia, when the Ghost in the Shell movie premiered, they had a pre-screening event here in Brisbane for that that I got to go to. There were people who turned up in cosplay for that. So, and I, I have yeah. to admit, I was quite impressed that someone turned up. Um, I can't remember the name of the big big fella from um, Ghost in the Shell. You mean Bato? Yeah, that's it. Someone came dressed up. As Bato. In yeah, when they did the Doctor Who 50th anniversary, they had people dressed up as well. Yeah. So that, that's that's your groupies. These are the people who are the, the true diehard fans that absolutely love all these series. Yeah. And let, let's face it, they're the best type of groupies because the other ones are kind of skanky. Yeah. And it's also the other fact that it's um, Japanese producers are worried about Japanese consumers buying overseas versions of the movies for cheap. And they really don't want anyone doing that if the film is still in the theaters there. Yeah, but everyone in like everyone always loves the like everyone loves the artwork in all the Japanese anime, like the details they go to with the drawings and everything is insurmountable and uncomparable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for I think for last few episodes, a lot of time in in our recent episodes, we've been talking about Miyazaki movies and how detailed and intricate they are in terms of artwork and story and writing. Yeah. Oh, there's, I can't remember the name of the movie. There was one of them I've seen. I can't remember, honestly, which one it was. But it had like this great big massive parade and all these floats going through a city. And the level of detail, because it was all hand-drawn, but the level of detail and everything, it, it looked like it was like 17 layers of um, slides. But the amount of effort that had gone into it was just ridiculously cool yeah oh by the way guys uh you want to know how long does it take for an anime movie to come into home release um tell us okay so for example the uh the wind rises which is really good me i think it was a miyazaki movie as well my memory says you right well just tell us how long it took and we'll look up how who made it um it was 11 months between the theatrical and dvd release Uh uh-huh um, a Silent Voice uh, came over a month from the date of this article, which came out April 12th, 2017. Okay. So, which is, which is a gap of roughly eight months since its theatrical release. Meanwhile, the One Piece film Gold came out on DVD only five months after its theatrical release. Okay. But what's, what's going to be interesting with all this, um, with Netflix and other, um, other companies that are coming out, do you reckon this window is going to be dramatically 
decrease. Like instead of eleven months, we'll see like two months. Well, is there a Japanese version of Crunchyroll, like a reverse Crunchyroll? Um, isn't the um, Anime Lab? Isn't that is that Japanese or is that someone else? Anime Lab, I think it's it's an app. <laughs> um, well, the time well, between um, theatrical release and uh, home release has been shortening ever since. Uh, well, mostly since the internet became a thing. Yeah, but um, so I can't imagine also, Japan will hold out. It also depends on the the movie. If it's an absolute stinker of a movie, it always comes out on um, home release really quickly. If it's great, it spends a bit longer in the cinemas, and then they do the home release. And I can't see, even with online streaming, I can't see them breaking down the gap of home release too quickly because they want to make as much money on it from the streaming as they can before they allow you to buy it and take it home. Yeah. So it dep- so you're saying it depends on interest at the foreign market. Well, yeah, it's like they're not going they're not going to turn around and drop their pants and grab their ankle, drop it on the the market at the same time that it's being released on a streaming service, are they? Because why are you going to go to the streaming service if you can just go buy the DVD? Yeah, I th- I, th- I think I see where you're coming from. One does never see, <laughs> but um, and then you've got the the popularity of it, like um, Lord of the Rings, prime example, when that was released at the cinema. They had um, The Fellowship of the Ring came out. It wasn't until Christmas next year, just before the next movie came out, that they did um, the DVD release. So it was a full 12 months almost before they released it for home release. So, yeah, the more popular the movie is, the, the longer it is before they allow you to buy it to take it home. Yeah, it, it reminds me of um, what I was watching. Uh, I was listening to ABC Radio about that topic and they're saying that it it's it's worldwide interest and um and how good the sales are in the local yeah. market that will, that would determine the success of the product in in the in the end yeah but it, yeah, there's a lot a lot of factors there so yeah and wind rises was uh miyazaki oh nice nice but for the sailor moon fans this will be uh this, this will be a good this will be good dvd collection Another edition, and new costumes for the cosplayers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, the... another excuse to have a marathon. <laughs> so, uh, just to remind everyone that the first half of Sailor Moon Stars is set for in the spring of next year. Um, is that spring Australian time or spring Northern Hemisphere? Uh this. Well, they're oh. basically saying early twenty nineteen. So it'll be probably our autumn. Yeah. Yeah. Or for our American viewers, fall. Well, fall, it, it'll be, yeah. For the American listeners, it'll be spring for you, and which is our fall season. Yes. Because we're on the other side of the world. <laughs> and upside the, down and stuff. As, as, <laughs> a, as a flat earth is the same, apparently we're, we're not real and we're falling off the planet. Gives us a disc. Either that or we're staying on our I'd just like to clarify, I am not a paid actor. I am a real Australian. <laughs> I'd like to clarify, I'm not a paid actor. I am a real Australian, but if we are actors, I'm looking forward to that back pay. If you'd like to help pay us, buy some of our merch. Yes. <laughs> we and do, that's we the do worst have some, self-plug. We, we, we do have some amazing <clears throat> merchandise, so check it out. Oh, no, that's that, that's great advertising right there, guys. <laughs> that was a great segue to, to, the, to an ad. <laughs> and it was completely unplanned. 
Yeah. Now for a word from our sponsors. <laughs> no, that wasn't cr- crickets chirping. That was, yeah, we just haven't sponsors yet. If we could have sponsors, we'll be quite happy to plug them. Um, but moving along, um, the professor was, you were saying um, Black Mesa? Black Mesa. Black Mesa, sorry. Yeah. Another thing that's taken years and years to come out, on the 20th anniversary of the release of the original Half-Life, the Crowbar Collective released a trailer advertising the final levels for their Half-Life remake, Black Mesa. So since it's a Half-Life thing, and it's, how long was it? Was it 20, so 20 years? So the next one will be 10 years' time. Um, yeah, so it's been 20 years since Half-Life 1 came out. Yeah. Uh, they re-released it on the new engine 2004, I think. Okay. And the Crowbar Collective got together in 2004 and said, this, is a, um, this isn't great, let's go and make a better version. And it's only taken them 14 years to do it. So they're not actually even following the Half-Life rule. Because no. it's half a it, time. So they're actually taking longer. These guys are slack. Well, seriously, if you're going to do something, you got you got to do a bit of a marketing gimmick. So this is, so would you say this is a sequel or a prequel or what's? It's a full remake. A f- full remake, okay. Yeah, so it's not like uh, with the Halo Master Chief Edition where they just upgraded the texture. It's a full remake they uh, borrowed from the the original game and level design and put their own twist on it to bring it up to modern standards. Okay. Just looking at some of the artwork in the animation now, it's actually, it's actually looking really good. Lots of, lots of fantastic details. Yeah, one of my favorite little um, features they have is that they randomly generate the face and body of each NPC you see. Okay. So in a, the original Half-Life, there were four different scientists and one type of security guard. Okay. But now each one is... Well, yeah, like that. Makes it more interesting. Yeah, it's a really cool uh, feature they added to the engine, and I'm surprised I haven't seen it anywhere else. Just watching him running along, a, a looks like a fallen tree trunk covered in crystals in a cave. So are we ever going to see another Half-Life game? No, it's dead. <laughs> It's dead. I was going to, was going to yeah. say, going on the rule, um, you'll have to come back in about 20 years. <laughs> you guys... The lead writer for the Half-Life series has left Valve, and because his NDA on Half-Life stuff was up, he wrote a, um, a short story where he changed the names, but it's obviously Half-Life, about how the, uh, the third game would have gone. Yeah, I'm looking at his bio... Uh... The Orchid Eater, the Third Force, and the 37th Mandala are present inside Gordon Freeman's locker in the first level of the Half-Life computer game, presumably as a reference to Laidlaw's involvement in the plot and level design. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Mark Laidlaw was an author before he worked for Valve, mm. and I assume he's gone back to that. I haven't really kept up with him. Uh as of t- on the 20- on 25th of August 2017, Laidlaw published the work called Epistle 3, which details the yeah. story of the uh, storyline of Half-Life 2, Episode 3, uh, to a response to whether Epistle 3 was intended continuation of the Half-Life story. He stated, at this point, I am operating strictly in a fan capacity. Yeah, I think if he's accepted that it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but there, there's been so much fanfare over the years for that, for Half-Life yeah. for the... Was it, 
Yeah, Half-Life 4 did come out. Well, Half-Life 2 Episode 3. Oh, right. So then a few years after Half-Life 2 Episode 2 came out, they announced that they basically cancelled Episode 3 and they were just going to work on, on Half-Life 3. Yeah. And every couple of years there's been a little tease. Uh, they've left the they've had leaks and stuff, but no one seems to be working on it as a serious project. Or I think we would have heard more about it by now. Yeah. Would you would you guys ever go back and go back to playing the Half Life games? Just when if yeah. if Half Life Three ever comes out, I would. I don't think Half Life Three could ever live up to our expectations at this point, but I would still go back and play it just for the closure. Yeah. <laughs> It was pretty controversial at the at when it when Half Life came out initially. It was pretty controversial in its heyday. I don't remember it being controversial. What's that about? Yeah, well, okay. At my hometown, um, Singapore, Half Life was apparent was banned in, in um in Singapore because of um something to do with violence and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, in Germany, they um they changed all of the enemies to be robots, all of the human enemies because Germany has some weird violence laws about games. Well, okay. they did. I think they've uh, loosened them up now. So yeah. when, I, when I think about games back at this time, and I think controversy, I think of games like is it BMX XXX. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Like, I have to say, I played it, but it was, it was more just for the riding around on a BMX and doing the tricks and stuff rather than trying to get any... Sure, Bucky. Uh, the, the films never seemed to work properly anyway. It was always... Like, and it was, wasn't really worth going to all the effort of trying to watch it because it never actually showed anything. You got more in the film clip for, um, uh, can't remember the name of the group now. They did the Strippers and Me song. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, BMX Triple X is a Stunt BMX. BMX game where your reward for playing is um, some softcore nudity. Yeah, well, you also had upgrades on your bike and stuff like that. But uh, So, by the way, the uh, Half-Life ban in Singapore, it lasted from 2000 to 2005. And the reason why they did it was because of excessive violence. Okay. So, yeah. I wonder how they went with Paperboy. Hmm. <laughs> or uh, Postal, Manhunt. <laughs> yeah. Um, or Hatred. Unreal, Unreal Tournament. Oh, that was a good game. Actually, they'd be having troubles with um, Red Dead Redemption 2 if they got problems with violence. Have you seen the um, videos for the headshots and so forth? Yeah, I think, yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do a headshot up close with a pistol and aim at the jaw, apparently, it decapitates the person. Their head wow. just explodes into a big spray of red. You shoot them in the knee, the lower leg disappears. That's pretty brutal. So. Yes, but with um Black Mesa, so it's it while graphically it looks pretty cool. You reckon its gameplay, gameplay and um features will live up? It will live up to um its old style. Well, that's the thing. The um the part of Black Mesa that's been released, so everything up to when you uh, go through the teleporter to the <laughs> alien border world, is regard highly regarded as being a really good faithful remake that adds just the right amount of modern flair to clean up the dated bits and make it feel uh if make the gameplay feel a lot better because a lot of the things that um half-life did it was the first game in the genre to pull it off well or to even do it at all but now it feels a bit dated because everyone's copied that but um the part that's just been announced is zen which is the final act of the game you go to the alien planet and fight the final boss 
it looks like from the trailer they've done a good job capturing the feel of the original uh, levels but it also seems like they've um, taken a hard turn away from some of the original design which involved a lot of uh, platforming over an infinite void okay so it'll be interesting to see if the gameplay holds up uh, a lot of people didn't like the original zen because mostly because of the platforming and has this actually been released yet or what's the release date no it's um q2 2019 yeah but knowing this team i'd say probably by christmas 2019 okay because they've missed every other deadline they've ever set <laughs> so this is another star citizen no yeah but this be... is made by fans in their free time so no one's lost it oh fair enough okay. and but this... they only started charging money once they had a um once they had a product worth paying for. yeah star citizen just started charging money for something but anyway Although, um i do just want to mention what happened the first night uh black mesa came out first uh everyone trying to get it crashed the website and then crashed all the mirrors and download servers set up. And then something I didn't even know could happen. We crashed the torrent tracker. Oh. oh no, no. Wait, how long ago was this? 2013, I think. Okay, because I was going to say they, um, Australia crashed two of the torrent sites um, when Game of Thrones Season 2, I think it was, came out. Oh, yeah. Um, the, day, the day the first episode came out, in America, because they were going to have it like I think thirty six hours before we had it. So yeah, apparently everyone went online was trying to download it, and yeah, they crashed one or two of the torrent sites. Oh, this wasn't just the sites; it was the tracker. So the the servers that keep track of who has what torrents. Yeah, that went offline because of uh, everyone downloading Black Mesa. <laughs> yeah, oh Australia, Australia set the record for. The most downloads happen in at once, and then it actually crashed the entire thing. Like Pirate Bay actually had to go offline for <laughs> a week just to rebuild everything and get it back in line because it had been so overloaded. So, yeah. And it even made it on the news. Like, I think it was Channel 7 and Channel 9 ran a story in the 6 o'clock news about it saying, Australia has set a record that we shouldn't be proud of. I was sitting there just going, Are you kidding? That's awesome. That so is anyway, pretty cool. Um, I suppose we should probably move along to our next topic because a quick game's a good game. Um, interesting discoveries about Cat's Tongue. Um, doesn't sound all that exciting, I know, but apparently scientists have been doing research into it and the science behind it is actually kind of cool. Um, trying to work out why cat's tongues work so well at keeping them clean in their grooming when they lick themselves. And it's all to do with the, sh and they got hold of a number of um, tongues from deceased cats and scanned them and so forth and built 3D sca replica scans and hours and hours of videos of cats cleaning themselves. So they can produce a brush and it shows that the, on the, at the end of the tongue, they've got um, half shaped, U shaped sort of um, cavity openings on, on, in cones. So as they lick themselves, their tongue flares out like you're licking an ice cream to get more area. And then using the surface tension with the saliva in those cones, it helps it get deeper down so it can get to the skin as well as the fur to clean it. So, yeah. And that's actually, apart from 
because they only have sweat glands on their feet. This actually helps them to keep themselves cool. So probably, as I said, like may not sound really cool, but when you look at some of the science that's involved, um, it actually so, kind of is. So, so that would explain why cats cough up furballs every now and then. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. also, they've um, done thermal scans of cats when they're grooming themselves, to, and it shows that that is actually their way of cooling themselves down because they only have sweat, sweat glands in the leathery pores of their feet. So that's the reason why cats have wet footprints. Ah, uh, okay. You know, so. when you look clo- when you look at up close a cat's tongue, it looks like a zippy sandpaper. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you get licked by lions and tigers, it can actually take the skin off you. Ah. Oh. Because it's so rough. I can't but, imagine that's a very pleasant feeling. No, never actually done that myself. I've, I've patted a tiger and completely freaked my mum out when we were young and we got taken to Taronga Park Zoo. There was a cat. There was one of the tigers walking up and down the fence, rubbing up against it, like a cat rubs up against a lounge or up against a person looking for a pat and purring. So they had a little bit of a fence there, which was made by star pickets with some wire running through it. So my, my brother and I reached across and started scratching him. As he went past, he stopped and he just stayed there. So we're scratching a tiger behind the ear and he was standing there purring like a mo- standard moggy. But um, yeah, the, um, just trying to find the name of the researcher behind this. Alexis Knoll. So yeah, they've actually got a 3D printed um, tongue-inspired brush for grooming your moggy. So yes. Quite, so quite they exciting. made a tongue brush. Yeah, because, like well, it's inspired by it. It's made with softer materials. So instead of the hard brushes that a lot of a lot of people use for cats, they're more of a softer silicon-based material and in that same shape and style. So your cat, when you brush it, is still getting a similar clean to what do we get if it was cleaning itself or if it was in a group of cats, then they groom each other. So, yeah. Just looking at the uh, mesh... Cat fur, wow, it holds a lot of air to insulate down, uh, like a down, like a down jacket, yeah. Yeah, we've got, I think it's three layers of fur for cats. Like, I'm not a cat lover, but I I appreciate a clever cat. We just don't belong in Australia. <laughs> My grandma's cat's an absolute jerk, except for one night uh, last year, where it decided to just randomly jump onto my chest and go to sleep there. <laughs> Oh, that I'm sounds like, so cute. You hate me. What are you doing? <laughs> so let me guess. You needed to go to the toilet and you couldn't get up? No. Okay. Yeah. No, I was uh, sitting in a, like, a bit of a recliner type chair, slouched back. So it was okay. a bit hard for me to get up and get my drink, but I managed. Okay. Because I had a friend who his sister had a cat and it absolutely hated him. He was, he was sure that it was vindictive against him. Because whenever he was lying on the floor and he started to think he needs to go to the bathroom, the cat would come up and climb onto his chest and go to sleep. And if he disturbed the cat at that point, he'd be in trouble. So he said the cat hated him. But anyway, so yeah, not a, not a huge story for me this week, but yeah, they use seats. They use cat scans of cat's tongues. So to get some of the information they use for creating this brush. So there. Yeah, yeah. it's the, the um, I'm looking further into the article that you posted. Yeah, 3D printed papillae embedded onto this flexible silicone pad. It's pretty, pretty innovative. Yeah, because cat owners are the ones who are going to spend tons of money on their pet. Oh, yeah. 
like dog owner dog dogs are a, a much like you get some of the dogs that are fussy eaters and so forth and you have some people that are strange but cat owners generally spend a lot more money on their cat than dog owners so there's definitely a market there maybe we should include that as part of our move actually interesting interesting fact guys Australia, as Australians, we spend twelve billion dollars a year on pets. And how much of that is on? Uh, they didn't say, they didn't break it down. Oh, uh, the rate of uh, no, they, didn't, they only said was um the rate of cat and dog ownership in Australia has remained pretty stable, but the amount of money that people spend is uply strong. Mm-hmm. Is up strongly. Up strongly. Yeah, twelve billion dollars a year for their pets, food, grooming, vets, and insurance. Up 42% since 2013, by the way. Yeah, I believe it. Ah. But, uh, yeah, um, I suppose we should move along. Um, what game have you been playing this week, DJ? Uh, I've been playing Fallout 76. and Have you been lonely? Uh, it's just a te- it's, it's just a terrible game. It's just this... a terrible game. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they should have as part of the soundtrack for Fallout 76... That song, I'm 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 lonely. I say lonely. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's how I felt. Like when okay, for for anyone who hasn't who's hearing us for the first time, we had an E3 episode and we saw Bethesda's conference. And when they released Fallout 76 the first time, everyone, including you and me and the professor, we were ooing and going, "Yeah, this is a game." But but as soon as the game came out, it was just it's gone. The whole hype of the, the hype of this game was gone. Yeah, but they've always got to work out the bugs. With whenever Bethesda first releases a game, you got to wait for a little while before that you get it because they've got to work out the. Bugs. That doesn't work so well with an MMO, though. No. Yeah, and and, I, uh, and that's part of the problem is they've made it so it, it it is an MMO, and they they haven't really done it to the same level as what they do with Skyrim. Where they got all the NPCs running around. From what I understand, Fallout seventy six doesn't have the NPCs no, the same way. They they don't have NPCs at all. There is so no MP. Like Skyrim, you, like in all the releases for Elder Scrolls since the worlds are populated with entire communities of NPCs. So you have all the interactions and the dialogues and everything like that. So when you go in as a player, it's like. Are you an NPC or are you a player? So yeah. Well, there's no NPCs though, right? Sir? Yeah, there's no NPCs no. at all. Yeah. None of them. Only, the, the only NPC stuff I've seen is they've got some bugs and so forth. Yeah. So only monsters. There's no actual yeah. human. No, there's no. There, there is no NPC at all. There's the only inter. Well, robots. The, the robots themselves are kind of the NPCs, but they don't really do much. But yeah. um, it, 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 that this pro this game is marred with so many problems. Like even the server problems as well. Like I tried to, ent- it took me ten minutes when I first played the game to get into the game. It took me ten minutes to wait for the server to get. Now was that the server or was that just your ring? No, it's just a server, dude. Okay. I mean, honestly, it, I played when I when I first got this game. I had I was lucky enough to get the beta access. And when I f- and the beta the access was really weird as well in terms of you can only play the beta at a certain time of the day. So it was stress which, testing. Yeah, it was stress testing. You know, I, I I get that, but it was just even when you play the beta, it just felt very empty. Like there was no NPCs. There was just not much interaction. Voice chat was was a real nightmare as well. 
What's that um, YouTuber that you put me on to, Professor, the, the English guy? Uh, many a true nerd. Many a true nerd. Even he said it was weird when he first put, when he was playing it and he was part of the like an, an initial group that got to go in and they all got to run out at the same time and everyone just scattered and he said yeah. it, it just felt empty. Yeah, it yeah, I agree with him. It he was felt... running running around for ages and there was no one around. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him saying that um he thought the best one of the best parts was just after everyone left the vault where <laughs> there was just a uh, a bunch of people standing on the hill looking out over the new world and then everyone everyone split up and after an hour people just had no reason to be together anymore yeah it yeah. was just it, it, they all thought it was going to be like warcraft go like hey you can like have this little group of people and explore the horizon and stuff and graphically it's yeah it's average looking but so yeah, that's one thing i've got to give fallout 4 is they they yet yeah, they actually had people that you could interact with throughout the map whether it was just farmers and settlers or the bandit style stuff so yeah i, I don't know todd todd howard if you're listening to this dude you yeah i don't know man. this was a very this was a very interesting experiment but it failed so badly is he the guy that i paid out on in e3 yeah yeah the uh, bethesda presenter uh, I can't. My favorite behind. part about um, this game is that they the net worth traffic is all plain text. What? Wait, can you repeat so that again? The network traffic is plain text. That can't be right, can it? It was true during the beta. Oh. Wait, seriously, they've got to pick up the game a bit. There. Uh, That's why lot... I haven't been too eager about it since I found out about that because I don't want to deal with. Like GTA Five levels of hackers. Yeah, that was the other thing. Like maybe that's part of the, what maybe that's what they're hoping for is they have it like that, and they'll actually attract the GTA hackers to come and develop a lot of stuff for them. <laughs> they've only got to develop the basic platform, and then the GTA hackers will come in and do all the magic that they did with GTA. Which you have to admit, some of the things. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. They were coming up with was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, my favorite uh, GTA mod project in a um, multiplayer is Five MP. It's a full project to basically turn it into a a role playing MMO. Okay. Well, see, like you got stuff like that's what they need. That's and and maybe that's what they're hoping is going to happen is by leaving it open like that, you're going to have all the hackers that have got all this other insanely cool fun stuff are going to come in and do all these things. And once they do that, it'll probably be a ridiculously amazing game. I've heard that they're having a... Um, no, they are planning to have mods of... It's eventual. Well, it's eventual. The problem, what I'm, the problem I'm talking about with GTA hackers is the number of people who put on God mode and blow up everyone in the server. <laughs> okay. It's just an insane number of people whose entire goal in life is just to hop onto a server and start spamming explosions on everyone. No one wants anyone like that. 
those sorts of idiots should go pu- play PUBG with all the other hackers and losers. <laughs> but but yeah, dude, seventy six Fallout seventy six. Uh, the only good parts about it I can say is the level of the ability you can craft anything you want in that game and okay. and forage stuff. And that's the only, that's, a, that's the only bright side I can see from this game. But other than that, it was just messy. So you you've you've got a lot of gear already. Yeah, oh, well, I don't really have a lot of gear because I can't, like I said, I kind of fell out with that game. <laughs> okay. uh, I've also heard the final boss is a copy paste of the dragons from Skyrim. Ah, uh, yeah. I haven't do gone you, that far have a, yet, but. <laughs> to take him down? No, you do not. Well, that sucks. You so have guns. Take... Yeah, but it's more, fun. it's more fun to take him down with an arrow. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, guys. This This game, it's. It's becoming like no like no man's sky in terms of there is so much hype to this game, and when when it come when it came to delivering this game, it's just okay you 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 screwed this game up so badly in so many ways. Well, I really hope this is the wake up call they need to make a new engine and do something. Uh, but the, the, the hassle for the half has got to he he's come out trying to look all slick. And he's gone all flat on his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so what have you been up to for games, Professor? I was going to play uh, Star Citizen. Really? But every time I tried to load in, it crashed the desktop. <laughs> Say it isn't so. <laughs> not, not, not the the con merchant. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Unfortunately, I'm yet to experience uh, Star Citizen of that so instead i decided to replay shelter okay it's a game about where you play as a badger mother and you lead your little badger babies around to protect them from being eaten. <laughs> and sounds... it is adorable i was just gonna say it actually sounds a, a lot cooler than you than people probably think yeah so um i love the grainy is... texture yeah it's got some interesting uh graphic design but the plot is basically you're a badger mother and you're leading your baby to a new to live and you've got to deal with them getting lost in the dark or eagles eating them, fires, that sort of stuff. So kind of like us with the DJ. (laughs) (laughs) No DJ, don't touch the high voltage. (laughs) (laughs) If only the DJ was as cute and cuddly as a baby bag. So so this movie's like um, that, so this um, game is like that movie um, Over the Hedge. No. Uh, yeah, it's not a comedy, and there's no anthropomorphic animals. They don't speak. There's no hedges, and if there was, you wouldn't go over them because you can't jump. <laughs> and there's no suburbia. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm looking at it at the moment. It's actually looking pretty cool. Oh, she just took down a fox, and they're eating the fox. Cool. <laughs> I think yeah, the buck is sold. I've been meaning to go back and play the survival mode as well. Okay. Kind of like it, it, this is reminding me a lot of um, Wind in the Willows. The way Wind in the Willows should have been when a badger would actually eat a toad, not talk to them. <laughs> actually, no. This re- this one reminds me of the um, old series, The Animals of Farthing Wood, hmm. where it's just just have to be violent enough just to kill a rabbit. That's not hard. I live in the country. Quite happy to kill a rabbit. I mean, the badger from a badger's perspective. I tried to go uh, rabbit trapping once. We got a fox instead. You should come down my way. We have um, rabbits and foxes. I actually pulled into the BP near where I live on my way home from work once. And there was a fox actually wandering around near the petrol houses. But by the time I got my phone out to take a photo, because I figured no one would believe me, 
another car had come in from the other side and scared it off. Uh. But it was a it was a lovely looking fox. But anyway, um, so you highly recommend this game then, Professor? Yeah, and, and you know, I'm definitely uh, now I've replayed that. It's reminded me there's a sequel out, which I'm definitely going to check out at some point. Okay, and you are, are you going to recommend Star Citizen, or are you just going to say no? Not yet. I wonder if it's everyone's having the same problem of they, they try to get in and it's just not working. Uh, no, this version is apparently a lot better at not crashing. Okay. But I've just got that one unlucky um, configuration that... I wonder if they tell everyone, you're just the unlucky one. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of um, double think there. Yes. Um, so, all right. Well, there you go, everyone. Good game for you to play. Lots of fun. You can run around as a badger. You can eat foxes. And carrots. All right. Um, well, I've been playing Mafia too, since somebody's going to ask me. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Leave me hanging. <laughs> seeing how long we could drag it out. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, if we weren't doing the podcast, I'd quickly do the podcast. Lots of yeah, that's a, an old joke, though. We've already done that. I know. But anyway, um, Mafia 2 is different game style setup to Mafia 1, which I played the other week. Um, the con- the control system is actually a lot better. Um, in Mafia One, you've got the WASD for moving when you're walking around, and then you've actually got to use the actual arrow keys on the other side of the keyboard when you're driving, and then you've got other buttons for the horn and so forth like that. And you're limited on what cars you're able to get hold of at any time in Mafia One, Mafia Two. You learn, you get taught about how to pick locks so you can go steal any car that you come across. So, yeah, I had quite a collection of cars there at the end of the game. And I actually got to kill my character from the first game as well as part of the storyline. How'd you kill him? Um, well, actually, the guy that I was with shot him, but yeah. Um, spoiler for those who haven't played Mafia, you actually die at the very end. In Mafia 2, you find out you're actually the people that go and kill yourself for Mafia 1. So, except one thing I am upset about is in Mafia 1, they had um, bridges that opened up for ships to go underneath. So, And if you hit them with enough speed when they were partially open, you could actually get airborne and do a, a gigantic jump. They don't have any bridges to do that with in um, Mafia 2. Although you do have cars that get up a lot more speed and you do have areas there where you can get jumped. So, yeah, just you don't get to do it the same as you did in uh, Mafia 1, which in um, Free Play Extreme, they've got actual proper jump set up in Mafia 1, one of which is you try to jump. The- hmm. I like how all these... Uh, well, I'm looking at the um, voice actors that are involved in it, and some and uh, the main character's voice actor uh, named Rick Pasqualone, and he's, he's, got an int- he's got a very interesting resume. Okay. So he was Doctor Strange in the Marvel Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three. Um he was in a couple of other he was in a couple of TV shows. Um uh, he was if you have you ever seen a mo- um the, the show Celebrity Deathmatch, he's Robert De Niro. Okay. Yeah, he had a pretty good voice. I um I like the fact that in um Mafia Two, you didn't just get to get hold of the car, you could actually have it upgraded as well. And you could carry pretty much an infinite number of weapons. Like you didn't only have one of each type. You could actually carry like um, I think at one point I had all the different pistols. I had all the mach- the submachine guns, the rifles, shotgun, 
and I also had hand grenades and Molotov cocktails. So I was I was ready to go play hard. And yeah, and then with the cars, you take the cars, you, you steal a car, and you take it to a mechanics workshop, and they do all sorts of things. So you can change the colors of the car to suit yourself, including changing the wheels um, and changing the number plate. And you can also have it serviced so it's improved the engine's performance and handling and so forth. So yeah, like, the, I bet you there must be a racing mini game as in in, in Mafia too. Um, there's well at one point you go after a group of um, greasers who are in um, hot rods and they get away from you, but you get to steal their car, and take it to sell it. <laughs> and that was fun driving around in the hot rod. Um, but then. Um, with some of the DLC, you can actually get hot rods, although I didn't have to take them out of drive before I finished. But, yeah, um, there's a lot more DLC stuff. Um, they've got the Vegas pack where you have some pre- a couple of pretty cool cars and some outfits. But they've also got sports cars that are convertible, and one of which looks like the um, Corvette Roadster, nice. which, when you have it fully tuned up, runs really, really well and does get airborne. Oh, that would be fun. That would be really fun. So definitely your, something to look out at. What What's your favourite weapon in Mafia 2? Um, well, it depends on what you're in. Like, you don't have a baseball bat. And, so um, when you're fighting, it's just the boxing. But you oh. have better options with your boxing, so you can actually duck and so forth. And you, you've got light hits and heavy hits. Um, you spend time in jail. So when you're in jail, you sit there and you get some lessons from one of the older bosses. He teaches you when you come out of doing a dodge when someone's attacking you, uh, throw a punch up and click them in the jaw and then you take them down and they've got special finishing combos. And, yeah, like, there's, there's, there's lots of really cool things. Like, you, you go through the game and it is a lot of fun. That's good to hear. And you can do Molotov cocktails onto the cars of people that you don't like it as well. <laughs> Molotovs with nice fire physics always add to it. Yeah, especially when the car explodes. Like, um... Like when I had the greasers that I was going after, um, a couple of them were hiding behind a car and couldn't really get a shot at them from the angle I was at. And I, but I had a rifle. And so, yeah, I, I shot the fuel tank. They had it parked so that the, the fuel tank was on the left-hand side and facing towards me. So I shot the fuel tank um, four or five times and it exploded. So, yeah. And the, and the physics in it worked so that it actually threw the, the, the bodies of them backwards in a way. So that was fun. 2K were the people that are the publisher and developer. And they've actually, it's, it's really good. Like there's um, Mafia 3. I'm going to have to look at getting, but yeah, it's quite an interesting series. Mafia 3 is the one where you play as the, uh, the black guy fighting the KKK. I think so. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, also, it's also I'm a not sure how that relates to the Mafia myself, but... Um, it, it's well, the actually, KKK were actually the, the mafia didn't like them. It's okay. actually, uh, guys, it's actually uh, set in 1988 and a mixed race African American orphan raised raised by the New Bordeaux <clears throat> Black Mob. You know what I heard? It said an and uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> say it again, Sam. So basically, it's set in 1968 and it revolves around Lincoln Clay. A mixed race African American orphan raised by New Bordeaux's black mob. Okay. Okay. I'm just looking at um, Mafia 3 on Steam, and there's lots of extra DLC. 
Apparently, you've also got to get a season pass. I'm guessing that you're playing Ooh. a lot of online play stuff there. So that's that's something I'm not happy with. But I'm well, liking... season pass can just mean DLC these days. Yeah. Yeah, well, they've got DLC, but then they've actually got a season pass. So That's uh, more of a like game of the year type thing. They... Yeah, okay. guys, uh, the limited edition, uh, limited deluxe editions content, including the base game and the season pass, while the limited collector's edition uh, added additional content such as the game's original soundtrack and art. So, yeah, okay. the professor's right. It's a, lim- it's a limited edition kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, special edition won't be limited. There's something that on Steam. Oh, okay. But um, I'm liking liking the um, cars and so forth. And so yeah, could be could be something that you, you you might be hearing about me playing at some point in the near future. <laughs> Probably the next couple of weeks. Oh I yeah. Just, just saw a video there where they threw someone off the top of a building. Lovely. I'm All definitely nice. definitely interested in this now. Get to play out some of my diehard fans. <laughs> but moving along, um, shout outs. It's seven years since Anne McCaffrey, the author behind such books as All the Weirs of Pern and Crystal Singer, have died in 2011. And 36 years since Jean Batten, the New Zealand aviator, who did the first ever solo flight from England to New Zealand in 1936, died at age 73. So yeah, two amazing women who accomplished some brilliant work. Um, you've read um, some of the Anne McCaffrey stuff, haven't you, Professor? Yeah, I've read a couple of the Dragon Riders books. And the DJs and Infidel. Philistine, who hasn't read any. I, I, would love to, I, I would love to read a lot more sci-fi series, like my last sci-fi series from Matthew Riley, so it'd be pretty good okay. to pick it up. Um, Anne McCaffrey. Which one was that? Series stuff. Uh, Matt Riley um, sci-fi series. It's my yeah, last time. Because um, he did, does actually have a couple. Or three. Only saw three. He's got three series. The last one I've read was, um, there was Hover Car Racer and Seven Ancient, um, what, I think Seven Ancient Wonders? Yeah. Okay. So you haven't read all of the, the series for Seven Ancient Wonders? Nah. You've you got to go back and read the whole series. I, I, can, I can give you some other authors to read if you'd like. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, Seven Ancient Wonders was a good book. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Anne McCaffrey. Um, yeah, I, I, I gotta, like I said, I, I want to more on sci-fi fiction novels. So yeah, I reckon she might be a good start. Might be a good start. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, just trying to track down the name of this other. Moving along though. Um, sorry, I just had a message come up on my screen. Um, famous birthdays. Because we didn't do it last week. It got kind of bad. Um, twentieth of November in. 1889, Edwin Hubble, American astronomer and cosmologist, was born in Marshfield, Missouri, the man whose name was lent to the Hubble telescope. Anything else outstanding that we want to mention about Edwin? Not off the top of my head on the spot like this. Nope, neither nope. Neither do I. Nope. Okay, just checking. Um, t- same day, 1900, Chester Gould, the American cartoonist and author <coughs> that created Dick Tracy the, was born in Pawnee, Oklahoma. Um, for those who have never read Dick Tracy, I feel sorry for you. He, without some of the stuff from Dick Tracy, we wouldn't have lots of the other comics that came after. Um, and we probably wouldn't actually have Smart Wishbone. Um, 21st of November, 
1694, we're going back a few years. Uh, Voltaire, Francois-Marie Poiret, French writer, philosopher and playwright, was born in Paris. 21st of November, 1965, Bjork, Icelandic singer, songwriter, composer, actress, record producer and DJ, was born in Reykjavik, Iceland. More commonly known uh, for her um, insane tirades and blow-ups at reporters at airports. And the crazy stalker who sent her mail bomb. Oh, and she was also the woman who wore the insane swan dress. Um, 22nd of November, 1921, Rodney Dangerfield, also known as John Cohen, the comedian from Caddyshack and quite a few other, I mean, there's Meatballs and a few other movies as well, was born in Babylon, New York. So actually, just a quick question for you. They got the song By the Rivers of Babylon. Were they singing about Babylon in the Middle East or Babylon, New York? Because that means they're talking about the Hudson River. I had assumed they're talking about the Middle East, but I can't say I know the song, so... You've never heard of uh, the River's Babylon? No, I don't remember it. Oh, there you go. The DJ will have to track that down and give you a link. Um, 22nd of November. It's a DJ Siri. <laughs> well, he's, he's, uh, our, he's our droid. Accessing YouTube right now. I thought because I thought I heard the keys tapping away there, so that's the reason why I was saying he's been tapping away all night. <laughs> well, I didn't want to draw attention, so I thought he might have been there for a while. <laughs> Did you working on the show notes, or if he's writing a novel? <laughs> Did you mean Rivers of Babylon? By the Rivers of Babylon. That's released okay. by Boney M in 1978, but it was um, Melodians earlier than that. I think. There you go. But uh, there you go. By the you Rivers of found Babylon. It. Okay, I'll check that out after we're done recording. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, not 22nd of November, 1958, Jamie Lee Curtis, American actress, scream queen for movies such as Halloween, also appeared in True Lies, was born in Los Angeles, California. Um, daughter of Tony Curtis. Yeah. So, yeah, she's a lot of fun. A little uh, bit of trivia for you. In True Lies, when she's doing the sexy dance and she falls over, that was unscripted. That actually was an actual mistake. And, <laughs> and, and her recovery and everything fit in so well with the character's ideology that they kept it in. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's reaction when she fell over, when he was, oh, he, they actually had, they, they actually, they actually had people in the background waving him to stay where he was. Because he, it was, it was it was unplanned, and he was oh hell, I've got to get up and help her. So yeah, ever the gentleman, old army. Um, I love little bits in movies where someone screws up and it makes the scene better. Yeah, like yeah. there's a famous one when um Aragorn in the second Lord of the Rings movie, I think, kicks a helmet and uh, collapses screaming. Yes, he <laughs> broke his foot. Oh, I think I remember that. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, it wasn't funny for him because it actually broke bones. It hurt. Yeah, but it was also the perfect shot because they were like they'd been doing the same shot over and over, trying to get get him to kick the helmet in the right direction. And then on the perfect shot, he broke his foot and collapsed screaming, which happened to fit in really well because he fought his friends with. My favorite is the one with um. You guys remember the old Hercules <laughs> theories? Um. Yeah. Yeah. There's one where. To say that. There is the one with um, Kevin Sorbo in, in, where he says, Disappointed! Okay, I never really watched 
not nearly, but I'll take your word for it. It was it, that that whole scene was turned into at the time, but it was funny. Okay. Yeah, but um, also an interesting fact with Jamie, uh, with Jamie, Lee, the woman in the movie Psycho that gets murdered in the shower seat in the shower. Okay. Was she in the birds too? I feel like one of the people we were talking about this week was in the birds. Um, might have been. I'm just, I'm just looking. There was a um. We're just talking about some of the, the, the different bits and pieces. There was one of the um. There was a movie where um, like there was different bits and pieces where they've destroyed props in movies. I think we may have even spoken about it before. Um, where it's not scripted and they've actually destroyed stuff that's actually really really cool. Um, uh, uh, for the professor, uh, she was uh, Janet Lee was in Bye Bye Birdie. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah. Um, what was the movie where they, they're all coming into a, um, like there's bounty hunters or whatever moving through an area? It's in winter and they all come through an area at the same time and that's a big gunfight. Is that um, The Hateful Eight? That's it. The guitar. That oh, yes. Yes. That, yes um, that was unscripted, that being broken. Well, it was scripted, but they forgot to swap the guitar. Yes. So uh, they filmed the scene using a vintage guitar and then swapped it for a prop, but yes. messed up and smashed the real thing. Yeah, yes. Kurt Russell was really sad about it. He actually, he actually covered. He actually went and paid the money to cover the cost of repairing it. Like buying a new. So yeah, he was, which was really actually sad. A difficult thing to do. Like it was a thirty thousand dollar guitar, but there was another one where they destroyed. A one, like in one of the movies, they destroyed the, the prop. It was actually um, a ship, like a handmade model of a galleon. And yeah, apparently it was an, an antique, antique sort of thing. And it wasn't supposed to be touched. And they destroyed it, and it was worth like two hundred and wow. So yeah, like you're talking about some of the unscripted things. Like yeah, the, the the person who owns those props has refused to do business with that particular studio ever so the same studio did both uh events sorry what was that you kind of dropped out on me the same studio did both events i think so wow i it may not be but um just like for the ship whoever it was that was involved it was like they've had a couple of incidents like that and the people just said yeah look we're not you're a pack was it the master and commander movie i'm not sure it, actually i think it was yes i think it was um I, I was actually trying to find the actual article where it actually mentioned it. But so David Givens, by the way, is the name of the author that I was trying to remember before. David Givens, eh? Yeah, he's got a whole series of cool. What, what is with him? I, know, I can't see. Book. I can't see my bookshelf. It. Uh, um, this is why you need to keep your bookshelf in your room. <laughs> yeah, my bookshelf spread out over different areas. That's because I got too many books on bookshelf. <laughs> Me too. Half I of mine's in crates on my bed at the moment. Yeah, I think. Well, I think most of those books were actually I gave them to my nephew to take back to Sydney to read just because he was running out of the um, Matthew Riley's. So I was giving him something else. But moving along, um, 22nd of November, 1984, Scarlett Johansson, American actress from movies such as Lost in Translation and uh, what was that Marvel one she was in? <laughs> I'm sure she was in a Marvel movie. But anyway, um, she was born in New York City, New York. Real imaginative did you, America. Did, did you did you have something you wanted to add there, DJ? Because I remember no. you kind of drooling when 
20th of November, events of interest, 20th of November, 1521, Arabs attribute shortage of water in Jerusalem to the Jews making wine. They must have read the Bible and heard about Jews. thought it was actually a racial thing or a religious thing where they could actually turn. It is things. actually a biological thing. Um, there's a condition where you get colonies of yeast living in your stomach and it basically makes you perpetually drunk. Yeah, no, 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 but he actually he was supposed to turn the water to wine. Yeah. So because there was no water in Jerusalem, the Jews were turning it. Forward. Yeah. So we can put it past them. I mean, if it's good wine. Hey, if you could, if you could do it, I'd be quite happy to know how to do it because there's lots of winers out there to make. Um, 20th of November, 1911, was the funeral of Paul and Laura Lafargue, daughter of Karl Marx in Paris was attended by Lenin. The two socialists died in a suicide pact in the belief that their political usefulness was at an end. Crack Duke QD and Suicide Squad. Only, <laughs> well, I, was, I was actually just thinking, if only we could get basically all the politicians in Canberra to take the same attitude, the world would be a better place. Can we just, just extend that to every politician ever? I've met a couple that are just a few and far between. Um, 20th of November, 1929, Salvador Dali's first one-man show in, was in Paris. So, yeah, major influence in the art world there. 20th of November, 1945, the Nuremberg trials begin. Lots of Nazi walking were sentenced to prison and death. Um, 20th of November, 1947, the Princess, the Princess Elizabeth, who later became Queen Elizabeth, marries Lieutenant Philip Mountbatten, who becomes the Duke of Edinburgh at Westminster. 20th of November, 1969, Brazilian soccer icon Pelé scored his 1,000th goal. I guarantee you there would have been a fancy celebration on that one. 20th of November, 1985, was the release of Windows 1.0. How many bugs were in Windows 1.0? Probably less than there were in Windows 10. (laughs) <laughs> because yeah, windows well. 10 is 10 times windows 1.0 <laughs> yeah but yeah windows 1.0 was pretty actually pretty good and so it was 3.3 yeah, windows they 10 did only was... release um, four sub versions though before they released windows 2 yeah windows 3.3 was actually one of my favorite and then windows nt but yeah moving along um 20th of november 2002 Die Another Day 20, was the 20th James Bond film release and directed by Lee Tamahori, starring Pierce Brosnan and Halle Berry, in which she wore the bikini, which was a tribute to the original Doctor No bikini. Um, you mean Ursula Andrews? With Ursula Andrews. Yeah. Not Andrews. 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 Hi, Matt. Um, 21st of November, 1676, Danish astronomer, Al Roma presents first quantitative measurements of speed of light. And in 1905, Einstein's paper that led to the mass energy equivalence formula. Yes, the same day, hundreds of years apart. And we need to work on the DJ's English. The, yeah, the DJ's English. Shane just kind of just trailed off on me there. Sorry about that. So the uh, mass energy equivalence formula is the famous E equals MC squared. 
Yeah. Nice. Oh, now he comes back. Not taking the bait about us picking on your free show notes. <laughs> yeah. Was that um, his paper, the mass energy equivalence formula was released? Uh, I think so. What's up, Skip? Um, 21st of November, 1878, Edison announces invention of phonograph. Uh, 21st of November, 1969, first permanent ARPANET link established, which later led to the birth of the internet. 22nd of November, 1963, was the assassination of JFK in Dallas, leading to the first episode of Doctor Who being re-aired in Australia because it was disrupted by JFK coverage. And so it should. Doctor Who is more important than the American president. What did JFK ever do for us? Besides the um, Neil Armstrong moment? <laughs> well, that wasn't well, even really him. He was like, yeah, we'll go to the moon by the end of the decade. But then he went and got shot, so... <laughs> and in reality, that was, <clears throat> I couldn't have done that without us any, then either. Yes, if you don't know the history of the um, Australian involvement in NASA, check out The Dish. It's a great movie. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, 23rd of November, 534 BC. And no, Professor, I wasn't there. I'm not that old. <laughs> I was going to say that about this one. Uh, I know you weren't around in BC. <laughs> All right, just making sure. Young whippersnapper. Um, yeah, 534 BC, Thespis of Icaria becomes the first recorded actor to appear on stage as a character. And we did have the character, didn't we? I asked it you was Dionysus. Oh, there you go, folks. The first, the first actor was that's been recorded in history was a Greek who was portraying a Greek god of drunken debauchery. <laughs> and that explains the ego so many actors have today. Yes. And it's also where they get the, the name Thespian. They're not actually being rude. And I think that's everything for the show this week. Not missing anything. Just another note on Thespis. It, uh, his work eventually led into that, uh, you know, the famous mask used to represent acting? Yep, yep. That's uh, derived from Thespis, who, as part of his performances, would do one-man shows where he wore different masks. Okay. Just out of curiosity, though, if he was doing that there and using masks, how did that travel to Japan for Kabuki? Good question. Probably by the uh, the Silk Road. But what's the earliest Kabuki? I have no idea. We shall have to find that out for you guys and include it in the show notes if we can. But I think... Oh, sorry. The DJ's got it already. The, f- the very first Kabuki? The very v- first Kabuki. Uh... Uh, hang on a second. I'm just pulling it up. Here we go. 1603, according to Wikipedia. Okay. Yes, 16. It was in 1603 that Izumo no uh, said to have been the female attendant at the Grand Shrine of Izumo in present-day the Shimane Prefecture. Created this art, new, new style of dramatic art, then called the Kabuki Budori. So yeah. What's interesting is it says here that it were all female performers playing both men and women which is the opposite of what it was in the West. Yeah, and for most of the time in Japan as well, a lot of the acts were male. So a lot of the, which is when you watch some of the samurai movies and so forth. And also um, War of the Arrows, which was a Korean film. The actors, it, it's actually all male actors playing the female role as well. Mainly because I women. Love the, um, the 
Oh no, sorry, I'm thinking of a Chinese. I was thinking of the one where they wear uh, different masks, but they have a mechanism that in the space, like a fraction of a second, can change their mask. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say I love that one, but then I realized uh, we're talking Japan, not China. It's all right. Um, I think that's the end of the show for the week. I think we've, we've covered everything. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's got anything extra they want to add? Nope. No, nothing. Okay. Well, it's good night from me. See you oh, next actually, week. Sorry, one thing we did forget. Who are we giving a shout out to from the That's Not Canon this week? We haven't done that. Oh, yes. I think we'd give a shout out to the cat, to the uh, Everybody Loves a Cat crew. Yes, we were talking about cats, so let's talk about them. Everyone, yeah. everyone wants to be a cat? Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Um, well, there we go. It's how do we listen? How do people find us other than on Spotify? Uh, we can find they can find us on Twitter at n amalgamated. Uh, find our find our Facebook page Nerds Amalgamated. They can email us at nerds.amalgamated at gmail dot com. Uh, they can find us at the That's Not Canon Productions website. Where they can find even they can also find um, Nerds Amalgamated merch as well. Okay, and that's it. And the- by the way, I made a mistake with the name of the author before. It's actually Andy McDermott. Was okay. He's got he's got a number of books there that'll keep you going for quite a few days. <laughs> so, yep, that's it for another week. Who root? See you guys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.